The views, ideas, and content of well seekers and their guests are their own opinions, and you should always seek additional professional help around any of the issues discussed here on Well Seekers. Hello, and welcome to Well Seekers. I'm Lucia. Thanks so much for joining us. If you're new to the show, Well Seekers is all about a community for the modern seeker looking to live happy and well in their mind, in their mood, and in their holistic life wellness. We are doing a six-part series on chronic illness. Last week's show was all about chronic pain, and this week's show is about something that I have struggled with myself, autoimmune disorders and disease. Now, autoimmune is something that is on the rise in our country, and we don't know exactly why, but what we have indicated and what research has shown us is that there's definitely a genetic component, but there's also an environmental component and a hormonal component that goes into triggering autoimmune disorders. Depending on where you find numbers, there's anywhere from 24 to 100 different autoimmune diseases. The highest number that I've seen is 80 to 100 different autoimmune diseases. And the reason there may be a discrepancy is because sometimes people categorize autoimmune disease and disorder as something different than other people. But you can safely say around 80 to 100 different autoimmune, which is a lot. The safest number that I feel comfortable quoting from the AARDA is that 50 million Americans live with autoimmune disease. That's one in every five. Um, And even more obviously indirectly affected because they have loved ones that have the diseases and disorders. The thing about autoimmune that I have come to know in my own life is that usually when you have one autoimmune disorder, you have multiple. You can have celiac and then start to develop more autoimmune diseases as time goes on. Now, autoimmune is something that is completely manageable depending on the type of disease you have, but it doesn't mean that managing it doesn't cause a lot of stress. There are a lot of different ways, lifestyle management ways and food nutrition-based ways to address autoimmune. And that's what today's show is all about. I have used something called the autoimmune protocol in the past to help with my autoimmune. And I can hands down say that changing my nutrition changed my autoimmune disease. I have one specific autoimmune disease called HS, which really stays in remission because of diet and stress management. So I could speak both research-wise because there's data around um, nutrition and autoimmune, but also from a personal perspective, what we feed ourselves and that mind-body connection is so powerful when it comes to chronic autoimmune disorders. Guys, my guest today is great. Her name is Kristen Sortez. I hope I pronounced that right. We'll have her repronounce it if I said it wrong. Um, She is a registered dietitian and she is going to come on and talk to us about simple, real, everyday ways that we can use nutrition as an ally to help us with autoimmune disorder and disease to help us live our best life in mind, in mood, in body, and just overall. Today's intro is going to be a little shorter because I have a feeling Kristen's going to have so much good information and I have a lot of questions to ask her. So we are going to come right back with Kristen on Well Seekers. You're listening to Well Seekers, a show where the journey is just as important as the destination. You want to be part of the seekerhood? It's easy. Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com. 
Hey guys, it's Lucia. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Now, I know we're on a break and we're waiting for our guests to come back on. So in the meantime, make sure you check out wellseekers.com for all the latest and greatest simple and easy tools to help you live life well, to build a stronger mind, a stronger body, a stronger spirit, and a stronger life to help you live happy and well. We've got blogs, we've got videos, and we've got tools. We've also got empowering stories and solutions on all of our podcasts. So if you've missed an episode or you want to check out more, make sure to hang out on the site and become part of our seekerhood at wellseekers.com. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our guest. And we are back on Well Seekers with our guest, Kristen Sarah. Tell me your name again, Kristen. Again, Kristen. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I had Sorokis. it before. Say it one you more time. Did. Sorotis. Sorotis. You guys, I had it before we the came on. The tea is silent. <laughs> the tea <laughs> is silent. And I was telling Kristen, it really is a beautiful name and I nailed it and now I messed it up. Sorotis. Did well, I say it right? Yeah, I, you got it. You okay. got it now. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, and it's Greek, right, Kristen? It is Greek. Yes. I've never heard it before, but yes, it is beautiful. Um, Kristen is on today. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist since 2010. She's worked for a number of hospital systems in New York and Massachusetts, developed nutrition and public health programs for public and private entities. You've directed a functional nutrition program for one of my favorite places. I saw this on your website, Canyon Ranch in Lenox, Mass. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places too. I, yeah, very cool spot. Love Canyon Ranch. Someone told me about that years ago. And you guys, if you haven't heard of Canyon Ranch, check it out. They have a location in Lenox, Mass, but they have multiple locations across the country. Yeah, that's right. There's another one that's in Arizona. So it's, you know, different fields. It's an oasis. Yeah, it is an oasis. <laughs> really nice health retreat. So Kristen has a background in obviously nutrition um, as a registered dietitian and has a specialization in autoimmune disorders, which is what we're talking today about. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on Well Seekers. Yeah, thanks for having me. Kristen, before we get started, we're all about solutions here, but we're also all about sharing a little bit of our own stories. I'm just curious, why did you get into this field? I feel like everyone has a background about why they got into a certain profession. Why did you choose yeah. nutrition and specifically autoimmune issues is what you specialize in? Yeah, definitely. Well, like you're saying, I do think that everybody does have their own health journey. We're all humans. We're all evolving. And I found over the years that I really felt a strong disconnect in the effectiveness of you know, the treatment I was getting, the different healthcare that I was accessing, conventional treatment. And I guess when I say conventional treatment, I mean mainly like pharmaceutical and surgical interventions, really. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of tossed around between prescriptions, you know, antibiotics and steroids and steroid creams, you know, even at, at a young age. And it just seemed to make things worse in the long run. I feel like it really, once I got a little bit older, it kind of prompted me to to begin my own exploration, uh, my own health journey. And I really started investigating, like, I guess different health modalities and nutrition being the primary one. I really saw its capacity for being the main vehicle as medicine, you know, food, because food really is medicine. I had my own autoimmune 
situation going on. You know, I wasn't really characterized as that at the time. I just felt like I wasn't really getting through. I wasn't getting real solutions. So that kind of really got me interested in the health field. And I found that going down a nutrition route really helped me. I also really love food, I have to admit. (laughs) (laughs) I feel exactly the same. I love food. And I think our stories are quite similar, actually. I just, I felt like this was the approach I wanted to take to really help healing myself. And then also, you know, I, I just felt really frustrated. I felt like I wasn't being heard. I felt like there was just such a strong disconnect. I felt empowered by investigating these things myself. And, and then that's really what drove me into nutrition. You know, more recently, I've been seeing as, you know, as a registered dietitian, as a nutritionist, I've been seeing so many people walking into my office that have autoimmune conditions. Mm. And it just seems the prevalence just needs to be increasing, increasing to a point where you just kind of have to stand back and say, well, what's going on here? You know, and conventional medicine isn't really driving at the root of the issue. It's kind of just looking at the symptoms, trying to deal with that, Um, never really driving to the root of the problem. Never, ever. I mean, right. Do you feel the same way? A thousand percent. I feel like so I have been and I shared a little bit about my story before you came on. I've been in doctors since I was 13 years old and I developed HS. It's an autoimmune disease. Have you heard of it? It's really rare. Hydra. Yes. Hydra dentita supertiva. And no one knew what it was. It wasn't diagnosed until somewhat recently. And I'm not young (laughs) in my 30s. And I also had really bad stomach issues. And they kept saying to my mom, oh, she has an ulcer. I'm like, I'm 13. I don't have an ulcer. And it turns out it was was celiac. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It just felt like from there, that's pretty much, I just gave up. I stopped going to doctors. I just lived with the symptoms until it got so bad Mm -hmm. again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then recently when I, my HS was flaring up and I developed a couple of other autoimmune issues, because as you, you probably know, when you have one autoimmune, as you get older, you You typically have multiple. Yeah. Yeah, You, you will see multiple autoimmune conditions pop up. Yep. You tend to develop more. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office and he was just like, oh, just go on Humira. You'll be fine. I was like, I don't want to go on Humira. The number one side effect is cancer. I don't want to take that. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So you get the point. You get it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You kind of have to be your own. And that's what Well Seekers is really all about. And was one of the ways that it got started was it really is a mind, body, whole life connection to have real wellness in our life. And that starts with food and it starts with, you know, holistic living. I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that we believe in too. So it sounds like you were on a similar journey. Yeah. You know, I think we're all a work in progress. Nothing is ever perfect, but I did find some solutions and I've been happy to share them also with with others, just as I'm doing hopefully today with you guys. Yeah. And we're so excited to hear some of your simple and real life ways that we can use nutrition to help out with different and varied autoimmune diseases. I just have a quick question for you first, though, before we dive into yeah. that. We were talking before about how 20% of the population, at least that's diagnosed, have some sort of autoimmune and they see that just only increasing with time. Yeah, I think it's actually one in four. Oh, so it has. This was from 2017. Okay. 
So now yeah. it's one in four. It's interesting that, so if you are looking at the stats on this, um, it's one in four Americans. I don't know about worldwide. Maybe that 20% is a worldwide uh, figure. Mm. I think two thirds are women. With that being said, there's likely some kind of a hormone involvement. Yes, which I agree with too. Yeah. And I've seen about 80 different kinds of autoimmune conditions. If you really think about it this way, autoimmunity is really, it's an immune response that's that's supposed to be directed as an actual substance that's in the, that's in the body. But what happens with autoimmune disease is that the immune system ultimately ends up mistaking what it is considered to be a foreign invader. And then it ends up ultimately attacking your body instead. Yeah. So instead of going, there is essentially an environmental trigger that is prompting this response. Right. Right. But it, it doesn't go for that, or at least tries to, but it ends up going and attacking your body. So you, you're talking about celiac disease. Yeah. That's what you're going through. Your body is essentially attacking the, your intestinal lining, the microvilli in your intestines. You know, that ends up getting damaged and blunted. What is the trigger for that? Well, that one is gluten, right? right. That's your body responding to gluten. So it wants to go after gluten. But it also ends up attacking your body, too, Yeah, which is so sad. I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. At least you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I've had some symptoms that have gone undiagnosed and you become, you get to a point where it's just like, you know what? I'm going to just take a break from all the doctors because <laughs> yes. it yes. is so much. There is something that triggers autoimmune and that is the unknown. Is there something in your experience? Is there a reason why we haven't been able to isolate that unknown? I mean, my working theory based on yeah. all the research I've done is that that unknown is variable. So it could be genetic. It could be environmental. Yeah. It could be hormonal well, or it could be trauma. You know which is a big link now. That is a, that is definitely a link. If you really try to, and this is where like the public health comes in, and you really try to look at why these diseases are occurring. Um, what's the pathology that's going on? So what I have seen and what my theories are, and looking at some uh, newer research, there is definitely a genetic link. You know, you're genetically predisposed to this these conditions, but... It's not that your body is programmed, I think, for this condition. It's more that your genes kind of get flicked on. And that is where the trigger comes in. That's where the environmental trigger comes in. And it starts kind of manipulating your genetic expression. Mm. But, you know, the only way that your body is not going to have its senses up, okay, you have a genetic link, you have an, an environmental trigger going on, but you also have uh, an impaired immune function going on. And when I say that, I mean really that likely the, your gut bacteria has been altered. A large percentage of your immune center is in your gastrointestinal tract. That is what I think people don't know. Not even just your immune yes. system, but yes. yeah, your immune system is in your gut. And also it is. your neurons, more of your neurons are in your gut than in your brain which is why people say exactly. trust your gut. Yes. Your gut yes, is the epicenter exactly. of so much. That's the mind-gut connection. Right. Um, that's the enteric nervous, nervous system. I think like, um, you know, a, a large 
majority of serotonin is produced in the gut. A large majority of dopamine and melatonin is produced in the gut. And that's where those neurotransmitters come in and, and start communicating with the brain. But that's all, that's a different topic. Um, I know. And guys, I'm a geek about this. It's the, there's another word for it, the intrinsic (laughs) nervous system. I'm obsessed with the intrinsic (laughs) nervous system. They're just learning about it. They say it's autonomous from the rest of the nervous systems. There's a Mm -hmm. whole, field emerging at John Hopkins about it. And it's essentially the mind gut connection and how this takes over our body. Yep. So it's definitely something you're going to hear more about. And your gut bacteria is actually, they're mediating a lot of your immune function. So let's think about this. If over, you know, the course of your lifetime, you're chronically treating infections or viruses with an antibiotic, some scenario pops up where you do have to take an antibiotic. Right. You're depleting that gut bacteria. You're depleting your immune system, essentially. What if you are chronically exposed to that? Or what if even the foods that you're eating, the meats that you're eating, has chronic low doses of antibiotics that are being used in its production? Right. Well, then you're chronically being exposed to that, which is essentially depleting, depleting, depleting that. The whole field of the microbiome has really flourished in the last 10 years. Yeah. I think there's things we don't even know about and in terms of how we're being impacted by um, antibiotics. Absolutely. And that may be one of the reasons that this has changed so much and autoimmune has increased. And people are like, well, food's not that much different, but food is that much different because the way that we're feeding animals and animal products are different. The way we're processing food is different. The environment that food is around is different. So food really is different. That is what has changed. Your food has changed. Our environment is more polluted. The internal environment is also different inside. So if your gut bacteria, if your flora has been altered, you're not going to be, you're not going to be responding to this food the same way either. Just the same way as when you're presented with some kind of a trigger, perhaps it's some toxic chemical. Maybe it could be a a physical stress. You know, we were talking about that. Yeah. How is the immune system supposed to respond to that? It doesn't know what to do. It doesn't know how to interpret that anymore. It's no longer a really robust army that can go after that efficiently. If your immune system has been compromised, right, and now your body's being presented with these really these man-made chemicals, for instance, you know, there's um, a whole slew of like, you know, PCBs and um, dioxins, pesticides, these endocrine disrupting chemicals, endocrine meaning um, hormone altering. The overuse of plastic, plasticizers are really notorious for that. All of these different chemicals that we have in our environment can ultimately be that trigger. And now our immune system doesn't really have its army in place to combat against that. So what does it do? It, it ends up, it tries to go after it, but the immune system ends up attacking itself. Yeah. So I like to think of the autoimmune scenario as like, it's really a trilogy of factors. You have a genetic predisposition. You have what's called dysbiosis, which is an altered gut microbiome your gut flora has been altered substantially to the point that it's really now impacting your immune function. And then you have these environmental triggers. I think that's why we're seeing such a skyrocketing prevalence of autoimmune conditions. You know, as we're evolving through the world, you know, maybe the FDA is not really doing its job the way it's supposed to, or, you know, we're just chronically being overexposed to 
do things that we're not supposed to be. That makes so much sense. It's fascinating. I could talk about this for forever. Yeah. We'll have to have you back, Kristen, because I feel like we're on the same page too. And we just realized that we don't live that far apart. So maybe we'll do it live (laughs) next time or in person. I like that. Um, I love that. Yeah, that would be great. We also talk about here at Well Seekers, we're on a mission and a journey to find simple and real ways to help. Things that have also changed is that time is way more limited and resources are way more limited in people's lives. So diet is a great way. I have found I've treated my autoimmune, obviously go see your doctors and get their opinions. You guys know that we run our disclaimer as well. So talk to your own doctor, but I treat my autoimmune with diet. That's how I maintain it. And I have to say that when I am off my diet, it is horrible. Like I have a cold right now and that's because I know I was exposed to a food that I shouldn't have eaten and my Mm -hmm. immune system just gets wiped out and I literally will catch whatever is in the environment. And I have like the immune system of a baby <laughs> you know, like, oh, no. because I will catch anything if my diet is off. Yeah. Kristen, what are some simple, real ways that people who are struggling can use nutrition as an ally to help in their autoimmune, really their process in, in having an autoimmune disorder? Okay. So there's 80 different types of autoimmune conditions. Yeah, I know. Right? That's a really and big question. A little bit different because right. the body ends up attacking different locations of you know, the body. So you kind of get affected a little bit differently. It's kind of an individual approach, but I like to think that there is a general approach to this that I can offer to anybody. That is so true. Just to to piggyback off what Kristen is saying, because I was on the autoimmune protocol, but I also had an IBD, IBS type of thing. So that's contraindicated. Like you end up going back and forth with stuff like that. So that's a tough one. Yeah, (laughs) they were like, uh, you can't pretty much eat anything. <laughs> like yeah, gonna, yeah, kind of. That's when they were of. like, just oh, take you... Humira. Because okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, there is, there is hope. I, I have some strategies I can offer you. Okay. In particular. Perfect. As a general, like, kind of nutrition prescription, I'd like to say, it would be helpful. So food is not always the trigger, but it can be a trigger. So you kind of want to try, try to figure that out um, off the bat. And a lot of people do tend to respond to this, whether there's an allergy or an intolerance or that it might just be um, promoting more inflammation in the body because autoimmune conditions end up causing inflammation. So you don't really want to promote it either. So with that being said, you really want to remove any potential irritants. And I would suggest doing this. Uh, You can go on a trial for a month. Um, Trial this out. Uh, It's typically called an elimination diet. Mm. You're removing all, um, you know, hallmark irritants. So definitely gluten, right? That's a big one. Any kind of gluten or wheat product. Dairy is another big one that people respond to. Um, You know, eggs, even grains is a big one for autoimmune conditions. Why are eggs? Because I have to say I eliminated eggs and it was life changing. (sighs) Yes, I know. Isn't it? Some people are like, whoa, that's wild. I had no idea. Eggs really, really bothered me. That is a standard um, allergy, actually. Okay. I'm not exactly sure on the, there might be a particular protein in the egg that people are allergic to. I'm not sure about that. But then also like all those processed foods um, that have all these preservatives and synthetic additives, artificial sugars, 
you know, the body might not be responding well to that. So it's better just to kind of remove any potential irritant for, for a bit of time. And then after a month, you might want to, you know, if you really like the food, reintroduce it for a, a couple points throughout the day and see if any of those symptoms start coming back and monitor for about 48 hours before you start reintroducing any other food. So that's one, that's the first stage. I like to think of this as like phases or the next part is like a healing, healing food wave where you, you introduce really healing foods to the gut because, and I didn't speak about this, but another large part of what, and this is my belief that there might be some increased um, in intestinal permeability or the layman's term would be leaky gut. People talk about that and it doesn't mean yeah. that your gut is literally leaking, right? Can you fill us in Here's on that? Here's the deal is that your intestinal lining has these really tight junctions, okay, in which things are not supposed to get in between them. It's only at a certain point in the intestine where, you know, there's kind of like a passive diffusion where the broken down molecules of food um, after digestion is now going through the intestinal uh, wall and into the bloodstream so that it can be utilized essentially. But um, at a certain point in the intestinal tract, what we're finding is that there ends up being um, like a gap in between those tight junctions where undigested particles are essentially coming out and um, then going into the bloodstream um, prematurely. And then it's prompting all of these different symptoms. So you might have heard about leaky gut causing, you know, maybe like some joint pain or maybe some brain fog. Um, th that, those would be some symptoms that are related to that. Got it. Yeah. So what you really want to do is you want to try to heal your intestinal lining, essentially. And one of the 20 amino acids is called glutamine, okay? And so amino acids, there's 20 different amino acids that make up as the building blocks of protein, okay? So this one in particular is utilized by the gastrointestinal cells as its primary source for energy and repair. So if you, th if you think of that, um, if you're giving your body this particular protein, this particular amino acid, and you're able to repair that, your intestinal lining, well, that's, that's a huge bonus um, because you're likely going to help not just to restore your intestinal lining, but you're also going to aid in uh, improve your absorption of particular nutrients. And I love that because that is a vegetarian supplement, right? It can be. People always it say bone be. broth, bone broth, bone broth. And I know that a, I know a lot of vegetarians. So it's like, okay, that yeah. doesn't work for everyone. No, it doesn't. That's a good point. Um, you know, and okay, so I love, I do like bone broth. I don't want to underscore it because it does have a blend of like different amino acids and it has one particular thing um, and that's collagen. And that's the next one I was going to go to. That would be something that you would want to be supplementing with potentially. I love collagen. Yeah. I believe yeah. in okay. it you, you, so much. Yes. <laughs> it has helped my autoimmune hands down. One of the biggest contributors. Oh my gosh. I'm having collagen daily. Definitely. Yes. It, 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 yes. It's been life changing for, for me personally. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah. See, I've heard that too. I get really great feedback and um, me personally, I use collagen you do. Um, and for do a number you, of different things. Same experience? Same experience. Yeah. Um, I also have some, some joint and like some hip issues 
um, from too much running. And um, it's really helped me with that. And then, of course, there's like, you know, the skin part because, um, you know, after they, at past the age of 30, our collagen production declines. And that's where, you know, like the wrinkles come in and your skin just starts sagging. And so you kind of need to replete. You can do this through supplements. Um, you can drink a whole bunch of bone broth, but it's going to take a lot of bone broth to, to equate to the the uh, dose that you really want. Mm. So that's why I just say, you know, go with the collagen instead. Um, and, and have a, a few sips of bone broth. That's fine. So I love this. So try an elimination diet. And if you guys want more information on that, ask your doctor. I mean, some of these things I have found in my own work, my own work as a patient, you have to be your own investigator. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're having experiences or symptoms and you want a specific or, or contact Kristen and schedule, you know, an appointment, I'll give you guys her website and there will definitely be a link to her website on this page. So you probably just need to look below for it. Um, but contact someone to get a, spe- a very specific diet. But then in the meantime, some supplements to look into the, the glutamine and definitely collagen. I haven't done glutamine, but I'm going to check it out now. That's the next one. So I talked about um, the elimination diet and adding in some healing foods. Um, I would also say that you kind of want to add in certain types of foods that are going to be combating the inflammation that has occurred. Uh, A lot of people that have autoimmune conditions are dealing with serious inflammation. So you really want to go for omega-3 fatty acid rich foods. Uh, I hate to say it, but you know, fish is a really fish. great source. Fatty fish like salmon, um, wild caught salmon, of course. You really want to go for smaller fish, though, if you do. Like sardines are really great. Is that because of mercury? Yeah, that's okay. exactly it. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Someone told me that recently. So the reason that you want smaller fish is because there's less mercury in them. What about salmon rate? Because I eat a tremendous amount of salmon, probably more than yeah. I should. You know, if you do eat a lot of salmon, then I would be really specific about the source. So okay. you definitely want to definitely choose wild caught versus farm raised. And if you were even just to put the two side by side, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yes. You know, wild caught is sockeyes, like a really beefy red and um, uh, the farm raised salmon is more of like a pink color, which is actually, they die. Um, because the farm-raised salmon end up being more on the gray side. Uh, so just to offer some more vegetarian sources of those omega-3 fatty acids would be like walnuts and pumpkin seeds. Um, almonds are really good. And then, of course, lock leafy greens are really good. Um, and I hate to say this, but cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower. And I know some people probably can't tolerate them as much, but... In general, people can. After that, what you really want to try to do is um, you want to try to recultivate the microbiome that probably has been compromised, your immune function. Potentially, you might want to add in some probiotics, too. You might want to introduce some fermented foods like uh, different fermented vegetables. Sauerkraut is awesome. Maybe some people like kombucha. Have you heard about kombucha? Yes. I don't drink it because I don't drink alcohol. And I know that there's a small, it's very it's small. It's like so small, like I know. 0.6% or something like that. But I totally hear you. But yeah, I know absolutely. that some people drink it and love it because I have like IBD type issues. Understandable. It affects yeah, that too. Sure. Yeah. 
So if you have IBS or IBD, guys, that may not be your your go-to. But it is. It's it's supposed to be amazing. Yes, it is. I think fermented food, those people that can tolerate dairy, uh, kefir is really great. Um, it's actually mostly lactose-free. And it probably has about maybe like 20 billion CFU or, you know, good bacteria that's in about eight ounces. So I think that's a really great natural source of a probiotic instead of supplementing. Yeah. So you really want to try to uh, to really cultivate, you know, the, your good bacteria back. And this is where the IBS, um, you might have some contraindication, um, and that's with certain types of fibers. Um, maybe perhaps you're following the low FODMAP diet, um, which restricts certain types of fibers. Unfortunately, they end up restricting your good bacteria from, because that's a, prebiotics are what good bacteria munch on, okay? And, and prebiotics are essentially certain types of fibers, uh, mainly inulin by name and resistant starch. There's 14 different types of fibers, and those two in particular are the ones that um, your good bacteria munch on. So if if you know you're not feeding your good back any any of your good bacteria, or you're, you're depriving them of certain types of fibers, well then they're not going to grow and they're not going to cultivate. They're not going to become a community that you know is able to um, be robust for your immune system. So probiotics and then prebiotics, those fibers I was just talking about, are really essential components to really building up your immune system again, especially since this is the primary reason why um, we're not really able to tolerate our environment and we're, you know, our our gene expression is, is all over the place. Yeah. I think that's actually a really important component to that. So much information, but it's so great. It is. It's incredible amount of info. Yeah. Kristen, we're going to have to have you back. Um, Any other final things that people can look into? I feel like this has been tremendous. It's a great starting point and a great discussion on why you may have autoimmune. And I'd also just like to say before I let you go, if you are out there and you have some of the symptoms that Kristen and I have been talking about, like achy joints or stomach pains, and you think it's in your head. I remember people being like, it's in your head, it's in your head. And it was not in my head. I had celiac. Totally not. Um, Yeah. That you go and visit your doctor or or call a nutritionist, a registered dietitian like Kristen and, and get more information because chances are it's not in your head, that it could be something. So yeah, you have to listen to your body. Absolutely. Speaking to you. Your body um, is speaking to you. Outside of the food component, I, I kind of want to stress um, doing like an audit in your immediate environment of um, what kind of chemicals you're being exposed to. So what are you cleaning your house with? What are your cleaning supplies like? Um, your personal products. What's your shampoo like? Uh, your sunscreen, your makeup. How much plastic do you have in your everyday? Do you like candles? All of these things have the potential for really terrible uh, chemical exposures. It's so, so funny encourage- you're saying that because yeah. that is the next thing that I've sort of moved on to. Because when they <laughs> say environmental, it's like, what are you cleaning with? And it's like, oh, yeah, these are all yes. chemicals. And no, they're terrible chemicals. Yeah. Exploring more uh, like essential oils would mm. be a huge recommendation. Go to 
EWG.org, which is the environmental work group, they have a system where they rate all different types of products and they give like a toxicity level. So, and then they offer some recommendations. I personally have transitioned over into using, you know, like Castile soap and using essential oils for a lot of my cleaning needs. Uh, as well as like personal products, because I did, I was responding personally to these environmental uh, triggers, these chemicals. So I would strongly suggest also doing an audit um, in addition to this food bit for an overall wellness approach. Uh, we'll have to have you back to talk about that for Definitely. sure in more awesome. detail. That'll be your tease, guys. Um, to start looking into those products and then we'll have Kristen back to talk more about what you should be changing out and swapping out. Definitely. Kristen, you guys, if you want to get more information um, and connect with Kristen one-on-one, maybe schedule an appointment or a consultation, you can go to her website, which is realnutritionbykristen.com and Kristen is K-R-I-S-T-I. Kristen, thank you so much for being with us on Well Seekers. Thank you so much for having me. We'll be right back on Well Seekers. Look, we're already friends, right? So let's make it official. Just find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Well Seekers. Thanks for being part of the Seekerhood. We couldn't do this without you. Now, back to the show. And we are back on Well Seekers. Thanks so much again to Kristen for coming on and joining us with all that great information. And I just want to stress again, um, I know I said it towards the end, but if you are suffering from one of these um, autoimmune disorders or chronic illness in general, it can affect your mental health so much. And sometimes people will think, oh, it's just that they're crazy or depressed. And it's really which came first, the chicken or the egg sometimes. Sometimes you can have a, an autoimmune disorder and it can cause you to feel anxiety or depression. Or sometimes you can have anxiety and depression and it can cause a stomach ache. But if you have any sort of issues like that, it is always worth going to your doctor and getting it checked out. Because I know for myself, I just had to stay on it before I got diagnosed and continue to have to be my own advocate as health issues come up around autoimmune disorders and disease. So before I let you guys go, I know that we are all about solutions and practical solutions as well. And we'd love to stay on the cutting edge of technology as well as tools here at Wellseekers and give you guys the latest and greatest. I wanted to share with you something that I have found that has helped me is an app. And this app is called Fooducate, F-O-O-D-U-C-A-T-E. And what it does is it helps you track your food. And honestly, even if you don't have autoimmune, this is great. Um, But it helps you track your food for diet goals, for health goals, for fitness goals, but also so that you can see how you're feeling. You can get this app at their website, fooducate.com. Since eating well is such an integral part of managing any chronic illness, especially autoimmune, this app definitely helps you have the right foods, get to the right weight. Um, It can help you track your calories, see what you're consuming, and you can make notes to yourself, this is what I ate and this is how I felt. And you can also track physical activities. So if you're looking for a cool app to test out, that's one. There's also a couple more apps that I thought were just a little bit more integrated. I know Kristen 
talked about something called a low food diet. And these, again, there's something called um, Bowella, I think is how you would say it. Bowella. I hope I said that right. It's B-O-W-E-L-L-E. And it is for people who suffer from GI issues. Again, you can make notes about how you feel. I actually like this app a little bit better than Fujicate. Fujicate is more for once you're sort of on the diet and you want to track things and then you can make notes to yourself. But Bowella and there's another one called My Symptoms. They both help you sort of run an analysis about, okay, this is what I ate and this is how I felt. So if you're looking for three great apps, Bowella, My Symptoms, and Fujicate all have slightly different variations, but all after the same goal to figure out what you're eating and to help you get to a healthier place. If you guys have any questions, I know I said it a million times, but there's nothing like a one-on-one consultation. So make sure to contact your own doctor because things are so individualized, but hopefully this helps give you a starting point so you know what questions to ask and where you may be headed in your own journey towards living your best life and being your best self. From all of us here at Wellseekers, we're so honored to be a part of your journey towards seeking and finding the things that make you happy and well. And I hope that today's show brought you a little bit closer to your goal. We hope you have an incredible week and we'll talk to you soon on Wellseekers. How would you like to join the conversation? Email us anytime at hello at wellseekers.com.